Hey, hey, what's up, everyone? Welcome back to another episode of the Amazing Seller Podcast. This is episode number 516. I'm looking at notes right now. How to scale my $250,000 per year business to $1 million. And there's five key elements that we're going to be talking about today. Chris, and we are in a hotel room right now. Live. Live. And we are going to record a podcast episode, or hopefully we are. And my voice is a little... A little weak right now because we've been at an event here in uh, Fort Lauderdale for uh, two days now, and um, right, two days. Two days. And uh, what I wanted to do is really feels like longer. Yeah, it does. In a, a good bit. way. In a good in, way. In a good way. <laughs> in a good way. A uh, lot of cool things happening. Um, what I wanted to do though is I wanted to jump on here and really uh, talk about something that we all discussed. I say we all um, in a mastermind that we were uh, that we were uh, really. I guess sitting in on, but we were trying to manage, and um, and that was part of us uh, being here is for Steve Chu's event at Sellers Summit, and uh, what we uh, what we wanted to do is really kind of go over some of the big takeaways, but also there's five things that I think we kept going over and over and over again right. with all these different businesses, and um, and I kind of want to just cover them because some people right now that are at a certain level, they have a hard time figuring out the next step, the next move. Like, where do I focus next? And uh, so what I wanted to do is I wanted to go over those five things today. How's that sound? Let's do it. You, you ready to go? I'm ready. All right. Be- before we do get in, you know, to this whole, this whole uh, five elements, the these five, five steps, the five things, steps, five things. Right. It's not really five steps. It's five elements. Um, but, you know, how's it been so far? Like being at this event, but then number, w- and number two, really um, in that mastermind environment. I mean, we've been in them before, but. You know, what was that experience like for you and sitting in on all this and uh, and just listening to other businesses that are doing a minimum of $250,000 a year all the way up to a million? So two-part question there, right? The, the first part of that is how's the event overall? This event has always been fun, yeah. right? This is our third year, I think. Uh, doing this. this is the third yes. year of the, of the event yes. and the third year that we've been here. And yeah. it's always a blast because it's not just Amazon people, right? right. It's people selling online. So there's wholesalers, there's drop shippers, there's... Amazon people, there's our people, yep. right? There's a whole bunch of TASers here. And there's yep. also um, people who are doing private label, but not necessarily as private label because they just have their own website and they don't think of it in that concept, right? Right, Or in that in that frame or in that right. mindset. And so that's always really interesting as well. But the, yeah. the mastermind environment is always really interesting to dive into for a different reason. And you kind of touched on this a second ago when you said, you know, it's, it's always fun to see people in their businesses and they're not sure what the next step is. Mm-hmm. And it's really easy in that environment for right. other people to see it because you're looking at it from a different lens, right. right? You hear it said all the time in like business books and all these things like we need to work in our business, not on our business. Right. And it's really hard to do that on a day-to-day basis. It's mm. really hard to be at that strategic level that we need to be. And we can get when we can get in a room with other people who are at the same level or higher than us and sit down and have a really concerted conversation mm. about the biggest struggle that I'm having in my business right now, the biggest struggle that you're having in your business right now. Right. It's really easy for you to go, well, wait, why are you doing that? That doesn't make any sense. Mm-hmm. Right. When I when I ran into that same problem, here's what we did and here's how we got around that. Right. And you get to see uh, different different ways of thinking about things that you wouldn't necessarily have ever had because they approached it from a completely different angle. Right. Um, and you only really get that in that kind of an environment because you're in you're in a room with 10 or 15 other people mm-hmm. right that have all faced similar challenges in the past but approached it with completely different backgrounds right approached it with completely different teams a lot of times in completely different niches yeah and so the way that they arrived at the solution or even at the problem to begin with 
a lot of times is different and you get a lot of really beneficial conversations that happen throughout that day. Mm. And the biggest challenge I think for anybody coming out of that is to pick one thing, mm. right? We followed up with a bunch of people today that were in our group yesterday yeah. and some of them still haven't done it, right? They right. said, I left with the whole list of things, right? But we need you to pick one before you go home. So there's right. one thing that you can focus on so that we can do that. And you leave the room with a whole bunch of ideas. And I know you and I were there to kind of facilitate facilitate you need to drink of water <laughs> facilitate yesterday <laughs> and we i i left with a bunch of ideas for our own oh yeah too which is oh, always, yeah. always a lot of fun so. yeah 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 no a hundred percent and i mean you know the the big thing is is whenever you get in a room of people that are already at a certain level right it's a different conversation right absolutely there, there wasn't anyone at that table and nothing wrong with being at different phases right but there was no discussion at that table of like how do I pick a product? Right. Like, I don't think anyone asked about how to find a product. Like, pretty much everybody's got their, their market, their niche picked. Um, you know, some people haven't even started on Amazon, but they're selling on other channels. You know, we have one guy that's selling on Walmart and Sears and, you know, uh, whatever the other ones are. Retican. Uh, yeah. Yeah. yeah uh, Newegg. Like, all of these different ones, but he hasn't went on Amazon yet. And, you know, so... Literally everything except for Amazon, right? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, you know, he's still being, you know, pretty successful on those other channels. Um, but there was a lot of common themes that I noticed. And one of them was a lot of people were like, I feel like I'm going in a hundred directions and I don't know where to go first. Right. And you know, that's where you have to go in there and you have to start analyzing your own situation. And we just recently did this ourselves and said like, what are the, the things that we need to focus on right now? And we went and we paid a lot of money to attend a high level mastermind and, uh, and it helped us. And, uh, and it's, it's a big deal. So, um, so what I want to do here is I want to go through these, these, uh, these different elements and uh, there, there's more than this, but these are like the five main ones. Right. All right. And so the first thing that we were hearing was like, you know, I'm doing, I'm doing these things. I've got this thing up and up and running. It's doing good. I'm doing $300,000 a year, but I want to get to a million. Like everyone wants to get to the million. A couple people were already touching a million. Um, they wanted to go to 2 million. Right. But it, Everything else is it's pretty much the same to get from there to there. After you get past two to three, then it's going to be a whole other conversation. But really, in the beginning, it's kind of like, well, all right, the first question is, are you optimizing what you already currently have fully? Right. Right. So, you know, if you're on Amazon, have you fully optimized everything? And I don't mean just optimizing the listing. I mean, have you optimized the platform to get the most sales that you can possibly get right now? And, uh, and if you have, then we can start talking about those other things. But so what would you say as far as optimizing currently what you have, what does that mean? So for me, and you and I have talked about this in the past, and I think this comes back to the same question of like, when do I launch product two, right? Right. Because the, the immediate thing that everybody thinks is, oh, well, you know, I'm, I'm topped out on Amazon. I need to just build my own e-commerce store. And that's the mm -hmm. next step. And that's the next big step. But optimizing what you have currently really is going in, understanding what your numbers are, right? Mm -hmm. A 10% conversion rate is like the bottom of what you and I would consider to be like acceptable right. good, right. right? We have a couple of things in the new brand, you and I were talking about this the other day, that are like 9% because right. we haven't gone back and optimized them. Right. We're guilty of this too. Absolutely. And when, when you're looking at it, you go, well, we're getting 10 sales a day out of it or we're getting 20 sales a day right. out of it. That's awesome. But we're still only at like 9%. Right. And we have other listings in that brand that get the same number of impressions, mm -hmm. the same number of sessions, that convert at 24%. Mm -hmm. What's the difference in those listings? Because 
it's the same market. They're looking for the same kind of a product. I should be able to get some parity, right? Mm -hmm. Some some similarity in those conversion rates. So what do I need to test and to tweak mm -hmm. and to do in there? And that comes back to, we talked about it a, a couple episodes ago on the podcast. Um, and a couple of people today have come up to me and, and talked about it. There's a, and I don't remember the number off the top of my head. We'll have to find it and put it in the show notes. But mm -hmm. it was the where we talked about um, like optimizing your listing, right? How many sessions do you need to have to mm -hmm. get to your sales number? How, you know, right. Where, what part of those are coming from PPC? What's mm -hmm. your conversion rate? And then we can figure out what to do, right? right? So are we ranking number one for our terms or are we close, mm. right? And are we doing everything that we can do on Amazon in terms of testing our titles, testing our price points, testing our images, testing our bullets, testing mm -hmm. our description, all of those kinds of things. And if we're already doing that, and we're at a place where our sales are basically stable, right? If mm -hmm. I throw more money into PPC, it doesn't generate in more sales. Right. If I do a split test, it doesn't help really improve anything. It doesn't help really, you know, be negative for anything. It just kind of is flat. That to me would be optimized completely, right. if that makes sense. Right. So it, it does. And the other thing I want to say is like, so if if you are like you're optimized, right, or you think you are, okay, are are we going to focus on optimizing? for two extra sales. No. Okay. So that's the that's the right. problem. Like some people are just they're trying to milk it versus um, where you can just kind of say, you know what, my time spent better moving on to the next element or the next key right. thing that I could be doing that could be driving more sales. Like you said, if you're on page two and you know if you put a little bit more effort on your pay-per-click in order to drive sales through that keyword, then that might be worth your time to do that, because if you know you know that if you get on first page, your competition is getting you know ten or fifteen sales a day, and you're only getting three, that might be worth optimizing, right? right? But it, it comes down to that, and and we heard that quite a bit with people that were in that situation where they they felt as though they wanted to continue to improve that stuff, but really only for a small lift, right? When I would have then moved on to the next part. Right or the next thing that still could bring in sales to the business, but maybe not through that channel, right? Uh, but it also could, if we're and we'll, we'll talk about the other elements. One of them could be email, email list building. A lot of people didn't have that in place. Well, if I have that in place, guess what? If I want to get more rankings, maybe I'm going to drive a whole bunch of sales through my email list through Amazon, and then I'm going to lift myself up in the rankings, and then naturally I'm going to have sales. So. It comes down to really figuring out what is the thing that you could do right now to focus a month on right. that's going to give you some lift and then focus really hard and heavy on that, right? No, I agree with that 100%. Yeah. And it's funny, it's funny that you bring up the example of the ranking at the, you know, the top of page two Yeah. because I literally had that conversation with somebody today. He said, you know, I, I, I don't know what my next move is. Like I'm at the top of page two. PPC isn't really working. Uh, it's kind of break even for me. Yeah. I said, oh, break even. That's not bad. And he was like, what? I said, no, that's the goal up front, right? Yeah, Obviously, yeah. we want to make that profitable. But if we're break even up front, we know that if we push that, at least we're still break even, right? So I would mm. scale that budget. And then when we get to page one, we know that we're going to continue to do that. And he goes, mm. oh, okay, right? And it's it's just one of those things where, again, from outside of the business, it's easy to say that. Mm. When you're in it every day, it's not necessarily as easy to see those things. But optimizing those things to a point is I think the the key there, right? Because mm. you're talking about, okay, at 10 sales a day, right? If we could get an additional two, that's huge. Mm -hmm. But if we're at 30 sales a day, that's a lot smaller of a percentage, right? Mm -hmm. In terms of a return. So right. I'm not necessarily, I'm going to optimize for big chunks. I'm not necessarily going to, and all the business people are cringing right now. Right, right, I'm right, not necessarily right. going to optimize for one or 2%. Right. 
right? I want to optimize for 30%. Yeah. And if I can find a button to push for 30%, yeah. I'm going to push it. At 2%, it's not necessarily worth my time. Now, I know that sounds bad, <laughs> right? From a business <laughs> perspective, you're like, you're leaving 2% on the table, right? Yeah. You're leaving $20 a day yeah. on the table or yeah. whatever it is. But in terms of business strategy, yeah. right? It's not necessarily worth my time. At some point, should I come back and focus on that? Mm. Absolutely. Mm. But that's when there's no more 20 to 30% levers to pull, mm. right? That's, that's for down the road. Mm-hmm. I want to get it as good as I can get it 80 20 mm-hmm. right the what can i do to get it 80 percent of the way there with 20 yeah. percent of the effort and then let it go well what was the one thing we were talking to a, a guy that was in uh i won't mention his name but uh you know he was in the mastermind group and he has like a hundred thousand SKUs. Mm-hmm. okay now he's they're not his private label products right okay he's wholesaling or drop shipping drop shipping okay so he's drop shipping um hundred thousand you know SKUs. And he wants to put them on Amazon. Okay, so the initial thing is, well, let's just go ahead and throw them up on Amazon. Hundred thousand. You're going to probably make some some sales. FBM. He's not going to be able to do FBA. Um, but that's fine. But what we said was, and the group also agreed, was, why don't you look at like the twenty percent that's doing the best, and then take those and bring those over, versus taking all of them and throwing them over, and then you can focus more. I would even go even a little bit. You know, even a little bit, uh, you know, at a different angle, I would go and say, let's pick 10 products and bring them over and then let's test those and let's see what happens. And it's funny. He actually approached me again today after the group said, oh, that was awesome. I can't wait. I'm so excited. I can't wait to get started. And then he kept asking more questions about. So what do you think? You think I should take again asking the same question? Should I take those hundred thousand and put them over? Should I see uh, or should I start private labeling? I'm like. Your the very first thing you can do right now is just list your top performers over on another platform. You might want to check how they're doing on Amazon or that market is doing on Amazon before you pull them over because he's in a variety of different markets. Mm-hmm. And then I said, and the second thing you might do on the back end of that while that's kind of working is then maybe look at the categories and markets that you've already sold in with drop shipping, see what has some legs, see what you can build a brand in, and then start private labeling a product there. Oh, yeah, he said. That's... That's that's a good idea, right? But sometimes you just don't think of that. But that's what I'm saying. Like, sometimes you get so stuck in that, you know, like, what do I do next? And sometimes it's so obvious. You have to go with the least amount of friction. And in this case, that is the obvious for me. Right. And and if you could push a button and list all 100,000 of those products, I would probably just go ahead and list them, mm-hmm. right? Well, but I thought he said he had a software tool that would actually help him and, do that. I and, think he built one. And if that's the case, right, that, yeah. that's, that's fine. Yeah. If I had to write 100,000 listings, there's no way I would do that, right? I would absolutely go in and pick the top 5 to 10. And then absolutely, you want to go in because the next big chunk of that, right, is to look at all of those things and say, what is selling on all of these platforms? Mm -hmm. Because he has the the data to do that. And then just list your private label item directly next to it on Amazon, on Ratzikin, Mm -hmm. on Sears, on all of those marketplaces Mm -hmm. that he's selling on because he already has the data. Right. Right. Yeah. No. That's a much bigger chunk mm-hmm. than manually creating a hundred thousand listings. Right. <laughs> right. Like. Right. In, in in terms of those things, so that absolutely, I think, is is key for him. Yeah. Cool. All right. So moving on, um, the next element is, and this was a common thing that we kept going back to over and over and over again, is external traffic. Right. Like so, what I mean by external traffic is we can use it in a, in a bunch of different ways. 
But the one thing that I kept saying, and you did, and a couple other people did too, is like, how do I get outside traffic? Where should I get it? And what do I do with it? Right? Do I direct it to Amazon? Do I build an email list? Do I, you know, do uh, you know special offers? Like, what what do I do with the traffic? And in my thing was, all right, before you even think about like where you're going to send the traffic, what we're, what you need to understand is where your market is. Right. Period. Like end of story. Where is your market? And some of, some of them said, I don't really know. I think they're here. And I'm like, well, that's your first step. Right. Figure out where they are. And then we got to go get something in front of them that's going to allow them to raise their hand, and then we can we can do business with them, or we can start to create that relationship with them. Um, so that the very first thing here for anyone listening to is like understand where your market's hanging out. Then we can go because every platform that they're on, there's probably a traffic, you know, an ad system on that platform. Yeah, there's there's some way, no matter where they are, mm-hmm. right? Whether it's Pinterest, whether it's Facebook, whether it's Twitter, whether it's Google mm-hmm. Plus. Right. Yeah. There's a way to get in front of them, yeah. whether it's through paid ads or through, you know, yeah. viral content, whatever. whatever it is. Right. right. So or YouTube. Yeah. So my thing is, is for a lot of, uh, you know, businesses out there. And there was actually one gentleman I talked to yesterday. You were with me when I was talking to him. Um, he's from Florida, actually, um, originally from Alabama, I think. I'm just trying to pull stuff out of my memory here. It's crazy. I don't usually remember things like that, Chris. That's, in- that's insane. Um, I might, might be getting smarter. I don't know. Just because you've been spending so much time <laughs> I with me. I know, I know. It's rubbing off. Uh, so, uh, but he asked us, he said, you know, what conferences you guys think I should go to? You know, oh, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. remember? And I go, honestly, you're probably going to be surprised by my answer. And he's like, really? And, and I go, yeah. I go, you would think I'd tell you to go to another e-commerce, you know, conference. And he's like, yeah, that's kind of what I'm asking. And I'm like, I would tell you go to go to a digital marketing conference. Well, what, do, what do you mean? What's, what do you mean by digital marketing? And I said, basically, learning external traffic, offers, funnels, like all of that stuff, because you can then plug that into your brand and you can start driving your own traffic. The very first thing, if you understand that, if you, if you understand how to drive traffic, okay, then pretty much you can plug that into any business. Now, the other the other side of that is, well, yeah, you can drive traffic, but then what do you do when you have the traffic? What do you do with it, right? Well, that's the other part of the element. We'll talk about that. But traffic is, to me, like a lot of them are like, well, I'm selling on this channel and I'm getting traffic from this channel, but they're relying on the channel. Right. What if we can go out and grab our own traffic or find our own traffic and then get it to convert for us? To me, you're, you're, you've got such an advantage at this point. You, there's not a lot of people because just like this guy, he's only selling on Amazon, right? He doesn't have that skill set. And once you learn that skill set, you bring that with you, you know, wherever you go in business. So external traffic. Let's talk a little bit about that. Where do you want to start with external traffic? So the I guess the, the number one question we always get is where should I get my traffic? Yeah. Right. Like, OK, so and again, this conversation is assuming that we've optimized Amazon. Right. So I'm, I'm pretending we I, did that. I'm starting to build my email yep. list. I'm starting to build my own channel. Right. Okay. Yep. Whether it's. You know, ClickFunnels, building a mm-hmm. free plus shipping offer, whether it's Shopify, you know, mm-hmm. uh, your own e-commerce site, right. however however we're building that, right? Right. The very first question that you and I always get is, where should I go? Mm-hmm. Right? The answer is, it depends. <laughs> right? <laughs> it depends on where your audience is hanging out. I know we, we touched on that, but we're going to beat you over the head with that. I would generally say, right, gun to my head, mm-hmm. Facebook is probably a decent place to start. Pretty good. Right? It can be overwhelming in terms of the paid side of it. Mm-hmm. 
But at the very least, I can use the free side of it to validate that my market is hanging out there, yeah. right? By going to Facebook search, right? The little search bar at the top of Facebook and typing in keywords for my niche. Mm -hmm. I can find pages and I can find groups and I can at least reach people even if I'm terrified of the Facebook ads platform, yeah. right? I can start to interact with my audience on side of that platform. Mm -hmm. The second half of that would then be to, to run ads, right? And, and Facebook makes that pretty easy. And if you find that there are a couple pages and groups on in your niche, then I would try Facebook ads because even though it can look overwhelming, it's actually a pretty straightforward process once you've done it a handful mm. of times. Like mm -hmm. you would probably feel comfortable enough running a Facebook ad mm -hmm. if you've only done it a handful of times yep. yourself, right? Mm -hmm. Like I, I run the ads for the new brand. Right. Right. Like and I'm not a Facebook ads genius. No. I've just done it enough that I yep. know what buttons not to push. Right. Right. <laughs> and that that's kind of where we're at, right? And there's a lot of other levers that we could pull and we could probably do a lot more optimization. But again, we're looking for the 80 20 optimization. Mm -hmm. there. Mm -hmm. If we found another channel like a Pinterest or like a YouTube, right. we would be looking at how to run ads on that platform and how to get in front of those people organically. Hmm. If you had to, you know, so channel question aside, Scott, if you had to say just one one big tip about trying to understand external traffic, what would it be? Mm -hmm. The one tip that I would say is is figure out your target market. Like figure out who you're who you're going after. So for me personally, and, and I think we get more specific, but it's like if we're looking at like a Facebook ad, number one, I need to know what they're going to be interested in. Right. So I need to know who they are. If I if I don't know who they are, I don't know what I can offer them that's going to get their attention. So it has to be something that's compelling. Has to be something. So again, that was part of my elements that I've got on here. I've got some some notes here above us. That's on nice. part of the offers. We'll talk about offers, but it's having a good offer. You know what I mean? And getting them to raise their hand. Um, but the one thing with, with paid traffic, and there's a lot of different things, is really understanding the market. So you can then, number one, find them, but then also know what you can offer them that gets them to raise their hand. And I don't even think it's just on the paid side of that, right? This is for all external traffic. Amazon is kind of an aberration in that people go there specifically to buy things, right? Mm -hmm. Like, yeah. if you're on Amazon, they're looking to buy. Buyer search engine. So as long as you're describing the product in a way that makes logical sense to people, mm -hmm. they're probably going to buy it, right? Right. Now, if we get deeper, and I know you did an episode with Joel at one point about yep. understanding your audience and, mm -hmm. and finding their persona and speaking their language. Yep. And that, I think, is the one big key for external yeah. traffic, whether we're talking about making a Facebook post organically, writing a Facebook ad, yep. creating a YouTube video, putting pins on Pinterest. We have to speak their language. Yeah. Right. And the way that we do that and a lot of people raise their hand and say, well, I'm not my market. Right. I, I'm not in my market. Right. I couldn't possibly be the face of the brand or the voice right. of the brand or the fingers of the brand. How you know whatever we're doing, right? right. We're just typing. And the answer is actually you can be because we can learn the vernacular. We can use the words or learn the words that they use. We can mm -hmm. learn how they speak. We can learn about the things that they care about mm. by by getting mobile phone calls in the middle of a podcast. <laughs> by, by simply yeah. reading and researching, right? And, yeah. and going into a resource like a Facebook group and seeing what the things are that people are concerned about seeing the the terminology that they use right, right. everybody has their own lingo fba is amazon lingo right if right. you weren't in the amazon market you probably don't know what fba means right right and every market has their own things like that and if you can start to read and understand that market which everybody has the capability to do mm -hmm. all of the information is out there then you can speak the language and that right. makes creating content or writing emails or creating offers or doing any of those kinds of things a lot easier. And it means that even if you do a terrible job at communicating what it is, 
people are still going to connect with it. Mm-hmm. And it means that everything that you do, whether it's organic or paid, is going to have a better impact for you mm-hmm. than it would otherwise. Yeah. And and the thing is, is too, once you start understanding your market, and, and a couple of different ways that you can do this is, number one, just go to Facebook, find groups, and or you know fan pages, whatever, wherever there's conversation happening, and just listen. Right. Once you get your own channel built, your email list or even, you know, whatever, if you're doing messenger, you know, stuff, if whatever it is, you're going to be able to ask questions and then get them to give you a reply or a comment. And then you can then turn that into the language that you're using or even to questions that they're asking. And then you can turn that into the languaging. So I think it's important to understand the market. And again, at this this mastermind, you know, it was that that was, you know, for some people, it was like they didn't even know who the market was or where they were. So the first assignment is go out there and find it. And just go out there and, and really understand it. And, you know, uh, I think one person in the group had said, well, just go and model what other people are doing. I'm a big fan of that. Like, go to your competition, someone that's doing something similar or that has a similar product, and go through their process, right? Sign up for their newsletter or their, their email list or go to, go to their Facebook page and see what they put in front of you. Buy something from them. See what their information is when they send it to you in the mail. Um, you know, any of that stuff and see what they're doing and then start learning the languaging. Um, I, I, I mean, just look at a commercial on TV. If you're looking at a commercial on TV, they're going to basically show you the research that they've done by the images that they're using in that commercial. Yeah. They've already identified the market. They're not guessing. They're not guessing. A lot of work went into that 30-second spot. So, um, so anyway, so that's that, all right? So that's your external traffic, and we can always tie that back in. But that was one big thing that we kept telling people, like, you got to understand the external traffic and where the people are hanging out. But when you understand that and when you're able to use that, it's a huge advantage, huge advantage, because then once we understand that, then we can start doing some of these other things that we'll be talking about here in a second. But before we jump off of that, Scott, and I don't want to derail this too long, but one, one other thing that came up in external traffic is, well, can I just hire somebody to do that for me? Yes, and the answer is, yeah, kind of. Mm-hmm. But it falls under the category of you've probably learned it best by doing. Yeah. Um, and once you're confident in it, like, wh- or even if you're not, right, even after you've done it a couple times, you know that it will probably work for you on that channel. Mm-hmm. That's when I would look to do that. But I would always look to try to master this yourself first or at least get a pretty good understanding of it mm-hmm. so that you can understand what's going right or wrong when you hire somebody to right um and you might find that yes it's overwhelming for you or you might find that this is actually where you really enjoy business Mm -hmm. because it's very easy to find things and to scale so i would suggest with with trying to master and understand external traffic trying to do it yourself first right Mm -hmm. dive in and learn by doing yeah find fifty dollars to waste on a facebook ad right and you'll actually probably be surprised by the results like we were on a test that that you and i are running right right now right 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 um we put up kind of a terrible ad quite frankly and we're we're getting some conversions with it which was kind of a surprise Well, it wasn't terrible it was uh, it was quick right right it was like we're not going to spend a ton of time on this we're just going to go ahead and get something up right like you know um, and that was one big thing too that I was kind of like suggesting, right? We had these we had these two situ- or two situations um, for this one business, and one was like a little bit of of a longer process. It was going to take time. It was going to take manpower. It was going to take someone going into a school and reaching people that were on the board and all this stuff. And I said, I think the first step is let's create a video, and let's target that market and let's put some ad money behind it and let's push it in front of those people and those teachers. Let's get into the schools or the teachers. By just putting up an ad versus making phone calls right now. Like, we'll do that later, but let's do this now. Yeah. Right? 
Um, so we might as well test it. You might as well test it. Worst so thing that happens is we lose fifty bucks. Yeah, right? exactly, exactly. So a lot of a lot of the business uh, stuff is to me really about testing mm. and being willing to go in there and just throw some money at it. Yeah, not a ton, fifty bucks, and, and see what happens. Um, all right. So the next thing is the email list, and it kind of ties into the traffic, right? Um, now with your email list, and this is again what we've been talking to people, and a lot of people there that were at this level did not have an email list. Some people had an email list, but they didn't know what to do with it, right? Uh, one uh, one business had 24,000 emails of customers. And then, the, and this is no fault of them, they didn't know what to do. They went and hired an agency to help run email campaigns. To me, um, most agencies are going to do the templated style. They're going to show headers. They're going to show different graphics. They're going to show uh, a more corporate feel, right? And they're not the voice of the business. So their open rate was terrible. Their conversion rate was terrible. They were probably ending up in the promotions tab on Google. Oh, they were. You know, so all of that stuff. So, uh, and we can talk about like what we suggested because I think that would be helpful. But understand that what we need to do as business owners is we need to, number one, build an email list of customers and prospects. And we need to communicate with those people on a regular basis. And I don't mean just once a month. I mean like once a week minimum. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. So that's a huge thing. But let's talk a little bit about that situation because I think I think people that if if you are sitting on an email list right now. So if you're a business owner right now, this is a little bit high level stuff, right? A little bit of a different level. Again, if you're a newbie, you don't maybe have your email list yet. But if you've been selling, you've got two hundred fifty thousand dollars in sales. You've got contacts of some way of some kind, right. right? So your first step is to communicate with those twenty five thousand people, right? So let me ask you. So what would your what would your advice be? And I know what your advice was, but let's just repeat it. Like I don't know. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> to, to that twenty-four thousand person list, you're not an agency, you're just gonna help this person out. What's the first thing that you're going to do? So first of all, I wanna I wanna kinda clarify that I don't I don't think this is just an email list, right? This is any any list where we can contact customers. So yeah. this would apply to ManyChat, this would apply, you know, your Facebook Messenger. What's ManyChat? It's a, a plug-in for Facebook Messenger, right? Okay, so, so it's Facebook messaging and... Right, any, okay. a, any place where we can do that, but where we primarily have been doing it up until this point and where most businesses are still doing it mm -hmm. is is an email, right? Mm -hmm. And it works, you know, the, the same concepts apply across that, wherever you have that list of customers, right. right? But what happened there is the same thing that happens in businesses of this size and, and in larger. And you and I have had this conversation in the past, probably even on the podcast. Mm -hmm. I've walked into a lot of businesses back on the consulting side of stuff mm -hmm. that had 300 or 500,000 people on an email list and, and weren't doing anything with them. And the advice, ironically, it was exactly the same as the advice that I gave right. yesterday, which is, one, send anything. For the love right. of God, send yeah. anything right, right. and see what happens. And then number two is treat them like a human being, right? Mm -hmm. And one of, the, one of the problems that they were running into is that they were having very low open rates, like you said, and they had either very close to zero or completely zero in terms of a conversion rate mm -hmm. into anything profitable and when we s sort of pressed them on it it turned out that the agency that they had hired which again no fault of theirs no fault of the agencies it's just the the typical model unless you know better again learning by doing right mm -hmm. was sending out the templated best buy weekly style emails right. right like the little blue email you get every week that has a whole bunch right. of fancy pictures and colors and all kinds of stuff the that everybody knows on Sunday, you know, yeah. that everybody knows and is completely overwhelming and probably quite frankly, doesn't even serve Best Buy as well as it could if they right. structured it a little bit differently, but let's not go there. Right. If we can 
forget about all of that because that's what everybody thinks email marketing is, mm. right? And so it becomes overwhelming for a lot of people. And then they go out and they hire an agency to do it. And then right. the agency does all of those things for them. And then they continue yeah. to think that, that that's the way to do it. We can pull that back and we can make this very simple. We can write a text-based email. Text we have ConvertKit. If we have Klaviyo, we have any of these platforms, mm -hmm. they will all allow us to send text-based emails. Right. And that does a couple different things for us. That makes it easier on us as the business owner, right? Mm -hmm. I can write HTML. Mm -hmm. I have no desire to ever put HTML in an email, mm -hmm. <laughs> right? It would take so right. long. We sent an email in the new brand this morning. How long did it take me to write? 15 minutes? Uh, yeah, maybe. It was a couple paragraphs, yeah. right? It took me it, longer to write my one for <laughs> The Amazing Seller, and... Uh, that's just because I'm terrible at typing, and I just had to really put a lot of thought into it. You know what I mean, Chris? It was a yeah. It was it was, it was very thoughtful. It, it was, but it's <laughs> and and I'm just I'm not good with my laptop. My laptop. I'm not, I, I need a mouse. <laughs> like <laughs> you can cough. It's okay. <laughs> He's dying over here, folks. Making excuses. No. He's dying over here, folks. But that, that's the thing, right? It, it takes us less time, right. and it, it it eliminates the excuse of well, I can't do that because mm -hmm. everybody can write three paragraphs, mm -hmm. right? And that was the suggestion. Go short. Right. Go right. short. And yeah. as you start to get more confident, you can go longer, but you don't have to if you don't want to. Mm -hmm. The other thing that it does for us is it increases deliverability. Right. right? It makes That's sure that we one. don't go. Well, it doesn't make sure, but it helps to ensure that we don't end up in the promotions tab in Gmail, which mm -hmm. is email marketing hell, for mm -hmm. lack of a better yeah, term. You're right. You're in purgatory. Nobody ever sees you right. because you're not in the inbox, right? right? And when you send all these fancy HTML style emails, mm -hmm. that's the entire, it's called the promotions tab for a reason, right. right? And so if we can write these text-based emails, it means we get in front of more people automatically. The third thing it does is it actually creates connection. Mm -hmm. When you get an email with a whole bunch of pictures and a bunch of colors in it, you're not creating a connection. But if I can take 15 minutes to write an email, mm -hmm. maybe tell a story, maybe just weave it in with something, or even if I'm not doing any of that kind of stuff, which is really, really powerful, right? All I'm doing is sending an email that looks like, Scott, you would send to me, mm -hmm. right, in the middle of the day. Hey, Chris, I was just thinking about this thing, and I wanted to let you know about it. Yep. Yep. Right? Yeah. I'm much more likely to interact with that than I am to scroll through nine pages of the Best Buy catalog inside of my email box. Yeah. And there was one tip that I gave, actually, um, that I, I think is really important because we want to immediately, we want to reach that person, right? Right. And, and what I mean by reach them is we want to reach their inbox. We don't want to fall on the promotions tab. So your very first email should be something very short, something that might just have a simple subject line like thanks or thank you or whatever. And then inside of it, it would just be like, hey, I just noticed that you did X, Y, Z, or you downloaded my, you know, my ebook, or you just purchased, uh, you know, my new garlic press, whatever it is. Um, just wanted, I wanted to just drop in. And if you have any questions, let me know. I wanted to say thanks. I'm a small locally owned business or a small family business. Um, and I just want to make sure that, uh, that you received everything and just say thanks. And hey, do me a favor, drop me a line real quick and let me know if you have any questions or if you have any recommendations. Go ahead and hit reply. Hit reply. So what I'm actually doing is I'm starting the conversation and it's all text-based and it's something that is connecting with them so they will reply back to me. Once they, they receive that email and they touch it and they, they open it, number one, and then if they do reply to it, that makes it even more known to Gmail that this is a contact that they are willing or wanting to hear from. Right. And then it won't go into the promotion tabs as easy. So that's a huge tip. So write that one down. or It's a writer downer. It's a writer downer. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? 
Um, so that that's a big one. And everyone was writing when I was saying that one. They were like, "Can you, you say that again?" Like that was a big one because it is a big one. And I've done that in every single business, going all the way back to the photography space, the photography business. Um, we would do that in in all of those emails in my digital products business, all that stuff. The very first email is that welcome email. It's a thank you email, and it's 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 done for two purposes. For one, to be able to get them to read it and touch it. But then also for me, when I do get a reply, guess what? I actually reply. But Scott, that's not scalable. Yeah, I know. I know. Well, you, if you didn't want to do it yourself, you could have someone do it. But I do it myself. But And, th- and that's you the know? thing, right? You're that's not gonna, we're not, we're not going to get 30,000 replies. No. But we're going to get a handful. And that gives us one really good insight into who our customers are, the languages that they resonate with, mm-hmm. right? The things that they're interested in. Uh, the fact that their dog died this week or mm-hmm. that they you know, they don't have enough money to buy our coloring book yep. in the case of, of our buddy Mike Jackson, yeah, yeah, right? Yeah. Like any, any of those kinds of things will come up mm-hmm. in those. And so we can start to understand what their concerns are, what their problems are, mm-hmm. what their favorite things are, mm-hmm. right? And this isn't something we do just once, generally speaking. Right. And a lot of times I don't even think about it. Like you and I don't think about this from a, like a marketing tactic tactics standpoint right <laughs> really but what Best i did practice, I, what really. i did when we got back yesterday was I, I went through in the new brand and it turns out that we end up doing this like one out of every four or five emails mm-hmm. and it's just because we're writing it conversationally and you're like hey here's this thing mm-hmm. what's your favorite or mm-hmm. what's your whatever and we'll get replies and the other hidden benefit of doing this and the other thing that people struggle with with email lists and email marketing is well what do i send Mm. Right. I, I, you know, I wrote uh, a 10 email onboarding sequence. I hate writing. I can't find content to send out. Well, guess what? All hundred people out of those 30,000. Yeah. You got a hundred emails Yeah, and it's terrible. And you don't have to spend 10 minutes of reading and replying to them. Right. Right. (laughs) Right. And, uh, the, the hidden benefit of all of that is you've now had a hundred people who are your fans Mm. tell you exactly what they want you to talk to them about. Mm -hmm. Right. right, that's huge. And they've given you ideas for content, and they've given you all of those things. Yeah. So guess what? Now I have potentially a hundred emails mm. that I have ideas for. Right now, right. I don't have to go out and find it. I don't have to go out and do this thing. So I can tag those inside of Gmail, or you know, if you're using Google Apps for business, or I can put them in a folder inside mm. of whatever program I'm using. And then when I'm struggling next Wednesday to write an email for the company, so that we have at least one that goes out every week. I can just go in there. Right. And I can and go. Reference it. Yeah. Susie from Idaho yep. gave me this really good idea. Mm. And then you write the email about the thing that Susie from Idaho talked about and you call out Susie from Idaho. Right. And that does a couple them. things. It makes you personal, <laughs> right? Right. It gives you a connection and it makes Susie from Idaho a super fan. Yeah. Yeah. That's good. That's powerful stuff. Um, okay. The next one is influencers, right? We had some people in the group. They were like, you know, I want to get my product in front of influencers. Can we talk more about that? How do I do that? Is there a special tool? Is there, you know, a hack? Like all this stuff. And here's the deal, okay? Listen, I'm going to give you guys a big secret, okay? Ooh, I'm an infant ninja secret hack. And it kind of goes exactly with what we were just talking about. You need to do the work. You need to reach out personally. I know, it takes a little bit of work. So much effort. It is. <laughs> personally, <laughs> personally, reach out to these people, understand their channel, and then from there, ask them. Like, I, I noticed your channel. You're doing, you know, some really cool things. I'm a huge fan. Um, I have a product, um, or I have even, uh, maybe you might even have a YouTube channel, or you have, and say, I would love if we could work together. Or maybe you would like to try my product. Let me send you one for free. Let me send you a few for free. Whatever it is. And do that 
for a hundred different influencers. And I'm not talking influencers. Everyone's all always too like I want to go after the big numbers. Go after the small numbers or the medium numbers. Yeah, yeah. go go after twenty thousand, fifty thousand, hundred thousand. Right? You don't have to go after a million. Right? <laughs> because here's the deal. Think about having twenty thousand people in one room for a minute. <laughs> yeah. You're like, oh yeah, it's a small number. Right. Like, this guy's got a million. If you had twenty thousand people in a room, do you think you could sell a couple garlic presses? Yeah. Well, and and the other crazy thing is, and I know this firsthand because even my son, my son has a couple buddies that have an Instagram page that they're they're trying to build it up to, and it doesn't have any focus or anything. But they're just they're just like, you know what? We're gonna build up an Instagram page of like ten thousand people and just talk about random stuff, you know. And of course, my son's like, you shouldn't really do that. You should really niche it down. <laughs> he's really he's, he's he's trying to educate him, right? They're like, who are you? Yeah, they're they're like, well, we we just want to you know just do this. We just want to build up a, a big following just because they want to feel like they're like a superstar, right? So as they're doing this though, with only ten thousand people, I say only, but ten thousand <laughs> a lot of people. But on Instagram, people are you know they're right. talking big numbers, and they're already getting people that reach out to him and say, well, you can I send you a watch, so you can put it on your on your channel and you can test it. Can I send you? A camera bag. Can I send you? So the, they've already got people reaching out to them, and they're stoked. They're like excited. I mean, they're like twenty-some-year-old kids that are like, "I'm getting free stuff because I got an Instagram channel, right?" So there's a lot of people out there like that, and it doesn't have to be that they're kids. It could be a thirty-year-old mom that's just doing it because they want to do it. They've got a little bit of a following, and they'll they they'll love to receive some free yeah. stuff. And I was I was uh, sharing that. I've got a blogger friend of mine, and every now and then. You know, she'll get people that want to send her, you know, a you know a new set of curtains because they they've got a curtain line or fabric um, uh, because they do reupholstering or crafty stuff or whatever, right? Like, and she's receiving this free stuff. Why wouldn't she want to receive that, right? But again, it's ethic, ethically being done. It's not like they're just out there spamming her, and it's not a it's not a bot. It's not a a tool that you put a script in. Um, so I'm a fan of just doing the work, going out there, spending the time. Finding some, take a day or you know a couple hours, create a spreadsheet in Google Drive, and uh, and put it in there and and just go ahead and start listing them. There's and no way that works. I know it's, it's too easy, right? It's too easy, too easy. But there's got to be there's got to be like a super there's, ninja there's, hacky there, way that I can just do all this is. stuff. And you know it, it comes down to celebrities are people too, influencers mm -hmm. are people too, right? And they don't have to be celebrities. I mean, that's what I'm saying. Like when a we, garden when you celebrity, say, a, a grandma that um, is out there doing gardening every day, and she just happens to talk about it on a YouTube channel, and it's blowing up. Yeah, she, she's a celebrity to her audience. Though, exactly. Right? And that's like all of these people are people, and that sounds ridiculous, right? Mm -hmm. And I hate myself for saying it, but it's true, right? Mm -hmm. We all have like emotional visceral visceral responses to these. You're things. using some big words, too. and. Uh, uh, emotional and it's actually dinner. it's actually tonight too by the way yeah. for anyone listening we're like it's like at night when we're recording this because today <laughs> we started to record it and there was there's an air show here so well, we had that we had that fancy dinner and now i just need to use big words yeah what it i is. know it's true okay go um, ahead. sorry and when when we do these things yes we can get some results you know scott if you and i got a list of five hundred thousand people that had more than ten thousand people right. we could send a super generic email and get some results why because you get some results anytime right. you send anything, which is why anytime when we were talking about email yeah. list, I said, just send anything. You'll right. get some sort of a response. Right. But we're talking about the 80-20 principle, right? We want only people who are a fit. Well, the only way to really know if they're a fit is to, I don't know, look at their stuff mm. right? yeah. <laughs> and see what the interactions are like, see what kind of content they actually post, make sure they're on brand mm -hmm. for you, yep. right? Make sure if, they're If you're right, very right family fit. focused, you probably don't want Gary Vaynerchuk uh, <laughs> to promote your stuff, right. right? He's got a little bit of a potty mouth. 
So yeah. <laughs> and so that may not be your target influencer. Right. You might go after somebody else, yeah. right? But you don't know that if you're just looking at numbers yeah. in the tool. And it's just it's the same thing with product selection, right? We don't like using a tool to pick a product. Right. We like using a tool for validation. Being able to find the numbers that the influencers have is great, right. but what kind of content are they creating? Right. Then the second half of that is the actual outreach portion, right? right? If I write you a personal email, you are a lot more likely to respond. Period. Period. If I send out an email that says, hey, I love your channel. Would you like to promote my watch? Chris. <laughs> right. I will get some response to that because right. Scotty's friends yeah. will <laughs> be like, yeah. yeah. <laughs> or like, yeah. I want a free watch, yeah. right? Yeah. Again, probably not the person that I actually want to promote my watch. Right. But I'll get some people to take me up on it. And who knows? You know, they're. 3% of any market at any given time is ready to buy, right? So they might get me a couple sales, and it might be sure. worth my time. Sure. But if I take an extra two minutes yeah. is all it takes, I scroll through their YouTube channel, I read, you know, just scan through a couple of their blogs, and I go, you know what? That one tip that Susie has about cleaning garlic presses is really, really cool. Mm -hmm. And then in the email, instead of writing, hi, I like your blog, would you like my watch? <laughs> I can say, Hey, Susie. Hey, first name, yeah. right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Weird, right? Because I can get that from the contact page or from the, the byline yeah. or from the content itself. I just want to let you know that I'm a fan. I really like what you're doing on your site. Insert site name here. Right? Yeah, yeah. Again, it's still a template, but we're insert. We're making it a little more personal, yeah. right? The article that you wrote uh, on seven tips for cooking faster was really awesome. I think it's super cool that you clean your garlic press the way that you do. You know, mm -hmm. tip number seven was awesome. Uh, we have a garlic press that we're selling, and I was curious. You know, we were actually able to just get rid of that issue that you had with your old garlic press anyway, right? The, the whole reason you had to clean it that way. Right. Curious if you wanted to check it out. You know, be happy to send you one just to see what you think. Yeah. Chris. Yeah, that's it. She's going to email me back, and she's going to go, you've read my thing? <laughs> like, right. that's so weird. Right. <laughs> right? Because when we create content, like the podcast right now, you and I are creating this in a hotel room, talking to each other. Right. It's in a vacuum, basically. Yeah. So yeah, one, yeah. You're, you're acknowledging the fact that they exist, that they're a human being, that they yeah. create content, and that you got value out of it. Mm -hmm. And then you're not really asking for anything either. You're not saying, no. I would like to send you this thing, and then have you review it, and create this giant video, and give it to all of your not followers, and all of these things. Yeah. You're saying, I'd like to see if there's a way that we can work together. Right. And if there is, there is. And if there's not, she's either not going to reply or she's just going to say, you know, I'm really happy with my garlic press. Thanks, but yeah. no thanks. Thanks, but no thanks. And then the next time I have a product, I can say, hey, Susie, you know, I know the garlic press thing wasn't a fit, but I'm curious. Mm. You know, we have this other thing. If you, you know, I still love your stuff. The new article that you wrote on 18 ways to, you know, <laughs> great cheese, uh, right. it, it was really cool. Right. Um, if you want a better cheese grater, we've got one for you, right? <laughs> like, we can do that, and we can keep her on a list. And we're creating a personal relationship with those people. We're not trying to churn and burn. Mm. The thing that's really cool with influencers is when you start to find one or two that work, you can go back to those people again. Yeah, I was, I was going to mention that. I mean, when you're doing this work up front like this, and you're creating that power list, if you will, like of, of people that you're creating these relationships with, now you have a network over, the, over right. the course of time that you are building that now when you're ready to launch a product, you can reach out to these people and do a massive like push, you know, and sometimes not even have to discount your product. So that's a huge asset. So definitely huge. And that's, again, something that we talked about in, in the group and, and people were, were nodding their heads. Some people have, have tried tools and they said they were just, eh, 
it, it didn't really it didn't really perform. One little one little ninja tip here, I would say, if you have an influencer that you really want to get their attention, and you really want to set a, a statement, one little tip you can do. It's going to take a little extra work, maybe three to five minutes. Oh, that's so much time. Get your phone ready, fire up a video, and shoot them a video, and send them a video explaining exactly what you just did in that email. But how do you do that? You t- take your phone. And you just hit record. And then if you don't want to like put it up on a Google Drive and, and do it that way, you can put it up on your Google Drive. You know, you probably have a, a, a YouTube channel. Just make a private video and then just share send it them with them and send them a link. That's it. I've done that actually myself. It works. Uh, it works really good. And um, I shared that with a couple people and then uh, they ended up um, doing it themselves and, and came back and said it worked phenomenal. And I actually had someone um, actually. Uh, uh, it was actually Joe Valley. Um, he reached out to me by video because he heard me talk about it on my podcast once. Oh, so he did it? And he did it That's to fantastic. Me. Yeah, and he did it. And I said, you know what? Yeah, you're going to get some extra credit on that one. <laughs> so, uh, yeah. Joe, and it, it doesn't take, you know, it doesn't, again, it doesn't have to be this beautifully lit video. No. Right? No. And here, here's the other thing. So you, you actually did a YouTube video recently on a couple different ways to change lighting and some mm-hmm. of those kinds of things. Which the lighting in this you room is get, And there's great. actually, in the room behind us right now, it fell out of my bag and turned itself on. There's a camera ring light mm-hmm. laying on the floor back there. It's really? literally turned on right now. <laughs> it fell out of my bag when we started <laughs> recording, and I keep seeing it out of the corner of my eye. Right, but that just—it's a over sign. <laughs> that was like fourteen dollars yeah. on Amazon. Yeah, right, and it goes over, and that solves all the lighting issues. Like right. if you're worried about looking weird on video, which right. nobody is going to care. No, about. no, yeah, it, because you're giving value. Yeah, right. Well, and, and it's like, personal. You're just like firing up your phone, and being like, "Hey, Chris, I noticed that you got a YouTube channel, and you talk about you know fishing. You know, I'm a big fisherman too." You know, I go fishing with my son all the time, yada, yada, yada. Uh, I was just wondering if maybe we could talk sometime. And uh, I've got products that are in the fishing space. And I know that you're a big, you know, fisherman. You're passionate about that market. You know, if you're interested, let me know. And maybe we can work together. And, you know, I'm, I'm sure you know that you can be an affiliate for, you know, Amazon products. I have Amazon products. If you want to share them, I'd be more than happy to, to work something out with you. So hopefully you, you enjoyed this video. And I'll talk to you soon. Thanks, man. Like, that's it. Like, it's killer. Yeah. And I, w- I would say, like, we keep, we keep mockingly saying, oh, it takes so much time. It takes two minutes or it takes three minutes. And when you're doing that for one person, it right. doesn't sound like a lot. But when you're doing it for 100 people, it could be a couple hours. But when you do this in a batch, right, whether you're trying to find influencers right. or whether you're trying to reach out to them, you'd be surprised at how quickly you can, you can turn that out. Oh, Especially yeah. if you, I mean, again, it doesn't have to be 100% a custom email or a custom video. You're working from a script mm-hmm. and you're inserting the customization, right? So you're saying... Hey, Chris, blah, 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 right? Mm. You're customizing it at the top, and then you're saying, I really like the thing about X, right? right? The middle chunk is the same, and the end is the same. So we're really only taking a couple minutes to to reach out to these people, but you're customizing it enough and personalizing it enough that it's not an issue. And if you batch that, that whole process speeds up even more. Absolutely. All right, we got to get wrapping up here. We got one more element we got to cover here. Let's do it. Offers. Okay, so what do I mean by offers? Offers could be products, or they could be the thing that gets people's attention, and that could be physical, it could be digital, um, so we can get them to raise their hand. And we want this to be a compelling offer, meaning that we want people to be like, holy crap, like, yeah, I'll take that. Like, sure. Like, I need that, you know, or I would love that. And, uh, you know, we've talked a lot about our offers um, as far as building our email list, and a lot of what we've done in the new brand is really went after the market and found what they want even before we launched our first product, we right. just went out and found things that we knew that would go along with our product 
um, our first product, and then we built that email list. So then when we had our new product, we could then push the product through the email list. So the offer needs to be something of value. It can't be some junky thing that you're trying to just say, well, it didn't cost me much, so I'm going to give it away. You know, it might cost you a hundred bucks, you know, and the value might be 200 bucks. Um, it might cost you 200 bucks and it's, you know, that's, that's what it's going to be. That's fine. Because what you have to look at is you want people to, to really open their eyes and be like, wow, this is crazy. If it's a digital item, it's got to be something that's of value. If you're going to give an ebook on how, you know, how to, you know, uh, how to win your next bass tournament, like, if you're a bass fisherman, you might be interested in that, especially if you put in there, you know, I'm going to share three, three secrets that I've only told my best buddies, like something like that. And then you download that. And guess what? You sell fishing lures that also are your, you know, ones that you've created that catch more fish. Like, so it goes hand in hand, digital, physical, it doesn't really matter. Um, but what we've been doing lately is really the physical side of things, because I think it's some, a lot of people want to get it in the mail, right? It's like, well, I want to win something. Um, it's big, you know? So that's a cool thing. Free plus shipping is another thing. And we're actually experimenting with that right now. And the results early are very, very good. Um, but again, it's, it's something we know the market wants. We know that they, they, uh, they would be willing to pay for shipping to receive it and get it for free. So they're actually using their credit card, but then on the back end, we can offer them more of our products. And that's exactly what we're doing. But offers, you have to guys uh, have to understand. We had someone we talked to, I think it was this morning, and they said that they did a giveaway. They had like, you know, I don't know what it, what it was. It was a lot of emails. I think it was like five or six thousand emails, maybe even more. And they go, but it really didn't work as well as I thought. It might be my branding. It might have been my 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 ad to my landing page didn't match up. But now that I kind of think of it, it might have been it might have been the the offer. I I was offering. It might have been something as generic as like let's say a Kindle, right? But they don't, nothing, it doesn't. They, were, they weren't selling Kindle they, accessories. No, let, let's say that they were selling, you know, a garlic press. Like, what? It doesn't go. Are you going to get people to raise their hand? Yeah. But it's not your market, right? So that's where it's broke. So offers. What do you want to say about offers? So first, you keep saying the word physical, and I cannot be the only person that has, let's get physical, physical. Uh, <laughs> who sings that? <laughs> or who sang that? The chick from American Idol. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. Olivia Newton-John. Oh, okay. Um, that, that's way before your time. Oh, that had to come up. That had to come up. You remember? I'm uh, so young. Well, you remember Olivia Newton-John in Greece? Yeah, no, you know? I know who that okay, is. Okay, okay. Right. I know who she is. I okay. just don't know. Yeah, that's, yeah, that's it. Yeah. That, that's her. So yeah. anyway, I know, good. I know three bars of that song. <laughs> so. Let's get physical. <laughs> Those no, yes, everyone's going to yes, be God, singing that for the rest of the everyone day. Everyone just turned off the podcast. <laughs> everyone's um, going to be singing that and humming that for the rest of the day. Everyone let's, just stood up at their desk or stopped, stomped on their brakes and is singing the South. Let's get it. Let's get it ingrained in their heads. Okay. Let's get physical. Let's get digital. Yeah. Digital. Let's get, yeah. Okay. <laughs> All right. Uh, anyway, so okay, offers. <laughs> and the, the offers comes back to a lot of the other things, right? Like creating good offers. And when we're talking about offers, it doesn't matter if we're talking about building our own channel, whether we're talking about creating the right title for our Amazon product, yep. right? That is creating an offer. Uh -huh. Whether it's creating our giveaway, right? Right. The the thing that is the 80-20 here, the mm -hmm. Pareto principle, right, mm -hmm. is going to be market message match, mm -hmm. right? Who is our market? What are the things that they say? How do they talk? What are the things that will resonate with them? How well does that match my message? Mm -hmm. Right? Yeah. Not just now, 
in the case of the giveaway, but right. also two weeks from now or three weeks from now when I actually try to offer them something. All of those things have to connect mm-hmm. for that to work. And it sounds like really overwhelming, right, when you put it that way. You're like, oh, well, you know, if I give them this and it doesn't directly relate to that, then it doesn't work. If you're giving, if you're selling a garlic press, a Kindle is not the thing that you give away, <laughs> right. right? Because they're not going to connect that Mm-mm. Mm-mm. in their head. It doesn't connect. Mm-mm. If you're giving, you know, let's go back to the garlic press example. The ultimate chef's bundle mm-hmm. would make sense for that. That would, right? Mm-hmm. That is the thing that is going to be of value to that audience mm. because they think of you now in the cooking space. Yep. And so when I actually go to make them another offer, it's the same thing. In case of an Amazon listing, right? I want to describe the product in the way that they are also describing the product. It's mm-hmm. the same thing. Right. Right. Yeah. Well, and and kind of talking about like offers even like with our with our friend uh, Mike Jackness who publicly talks about his color it brand, like you know, he's giving away like for his giveaway is like gel pens, right? right? Because that's what they color three, three random colors. Yeah. So that cracks me up this morning. Yeah. So like he's giving away something of value that they want. And then on the back end of that, he sells gel pens, but he also sells coloring books. The other thing could be the coloring book or I actually had a digital download that that was like download 20 of our top, you know, whatever coloring, you know, designs or something. Right. And so they download those. And then immediately on the back end of that, they can offer their coloring books in a physical form. And then, you know, their gel pens and everything else that they offer. And they've got them on an email list now. So it's the offer. It's knowing the market, who they are. And believe it or not, you would think, you know, coloring, you're like kids. No, it's no, it's adults. It's adult coloring. You know, and a lot of times it's like he said, I think, you know, the market is more like, you know, probably like middle aged women, um, you know, and and actually he found another angle. Here's another little side tip, another angle, which was he then started to expand out and say, okay, we've got our market kind of identified. But now we've got another part of the market that would probably like spiritual stuff. So then he found, you know, um, you know, just different verses and stuff and then started to create art around those. And now he's starting to go into another market, but with the same product in a sense. So anyway, just side note. Um, But anyway, so offers really important. And another part that, again, we were talking a lot about in this mastermind because the offer Again, we talked to this one gentleman that is, uh, he's got a, a really cool product and stuff. And I'm like, but do you have a video of, you know, kids using it? Like, and having fun with it and laughing. Right. And he's like, no. I'm like, that's what I would do. I'd create a video showing them using it, having fun with it, experiencing it. And then as, uh, you know, your audience is scrolling through their feed, they're also now attracted to that and then they want to stop and watch it and now from there you have an offer the offer would be maybe a discount on the thing right or maybe it's a download whatever it is and then you know you you get that lead or you get that customer but it comes down to knowing your audience the offer building the email list all that stuff so it was this common thread all the way through it and i think the in in terms of scaling you know the the concept behind yesterday was how do we scale from 250k to a million right right in terms of scaling that from an offers perspective, it's really about having more mm. offers, <laughs> right? Like if you want to be bigger, you can do more things mm-hmm. or you need to do more things. Right. And in that case, it's launch another product, right? run another ad and see what happens, mm-hmm. target a slightly different niche, mm-hmm. right? In the case of our buddy Mike, 
all of those things will happen. Mm -hmm. And you have to kind of take advantage of all of those things if you really want to start that scaling process. You have to throw out more hooks if you want to catch more fish. Absolutely. I love that. We use the fishing niche quite a bit. All right. So we're going to wrap this up. So here's the deal. Um, The five elements. We've got optimizing your current situation, your current stuff. Right. Right. And then from there, external traffic. And again, these don't have to be in this order. These are just kind of the elements. Um, Your email list. You know, definitely be build, building your email list. I know we're going to be starting to play around with the messenger in Facebook, um, but all, but ultimately we're trying to get we're trying it's to get the list, email list of people. Yeah, a list of people. Um, and then from there we have uh, influencers. Okay, and then we're going to kind of capitalize on their lists and their influence. Again, just lists of people. That's it. And then from there, offers. Right, creating better offers, whether that's on your listing, uh, you know, or whether that is uh, you know something that you're using to build that list. Um, and then to get people through or, or into your your uh, you know your funnel or your your business and your brand. So that's really it. That's what I got. I mean, it was a lot of fun. It was, uh, it was you know, in that mastermind. While we're speaking about masterminds, uh, and just we should probably talk a little bit about what we're working on right now. It's 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 big, but it's small. Uh, you know, it, it, we, I like that. Yeah, we we've got uh, Ronde Ipequeño. Yeah, we've we've recently joined a high level mastermind. I talked about this before, and now that I've been involved in some of these masterminds, I want to do that myself. It's, it's a cool experience, but also I want to be able to create something where um, I can sit down with a group of up to 10 people, no more. Uh, we had 13 in this group, too many. I think there should have been 10. Um, I'll talk to Steve next year. Um, but I think 10 is max. Um, and meet for two days. We only met for one. Um, but in our mastermind that we attended, uh, two days, um, and then we meet three times a year, um, and then we'll do like monthly stuff. And so we're we're doing that right now. So depending on when this airs, we're going to be doing that. Uh, it's an application process. It's a high level. Um, it is it is going to be expensive. It's not going to be you know uh, something that you can just go ahead and join for a thousand bucks. It's going to be more expensive. It's more it's more for serious sellers that are at this level at two hundred fifty thousand or more. Um, because we found that like even yesterday, like we know that if these guys go out there and they implement what we went through and what they learned throughout here, they're going to make way more than the investment of the mastermind and the connections and everything that comes along with it. So if you guys are interested, uh, in learning more about that, go to the forward slash mastermind. So the forward slash mastermind, and then you'll get all of the information there. Um, and again, right now we are going to do just one group. We may eventually open it up to, um, another group, but right now we're going to, we're going to start with one and, uh, we're going to see how it goes and kind of learn through that process. But, uh, yeah, I'm excited about it. It's going to be a lot of fun. It is going to be a lot of fun. And I was talking to someone today about it and I'm like, you know, not everyone will be accepted, um, for a couple different reasons. One, uh, because they might not meet the criteria of, you know, how much they make yet and all that stuff because we want a certain caliper, but also just. I want groups of people that I actually want to hang out with. You know, I want to create that uh, that group of people, women or men, it doesn't matter, uh, but just cool people. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, you know, and and be able to uh, to to kind of hang out, talk business, but then also build our businesses together. And I think I think that's that's one of the big keys that's missing from some of the masterminds that you and I have have seen in the past or like yeah. been through in the past. Is mm-hmm. It's got to be a group of people that you actually feel comfortable around first of all, mm-hmm. because the thing that makes that super beneficial for everybody is the connection, right? Yeah. And when you can let your guard down, and it's not a business event, but it's right. it's a conversation. Right. That becomes a lot easier. And so if it's if it's Women or men, or you know, yeah. 
kids, right. whatever. Yeah, we had some. We had, <laughs> I mean, I had a, I had a tw- 20, 22 or twenty three year old, um, yeah, smart, you know, and just very mature. Um, but yeah, I mean, you know, it doesn't matter. As, yeah. as long as you could see yourself sitting down and having a beer with them or having a, a glass of water and a yeah. cup of coffee and a good conversation, right. Right. then they're they're much more likely to be a fit for that. And if it's yeah. somebody that you just didn't get along with personally at all, right. they're probably not going to be a fit for that or for the rest of the group either. Exactly. And that's that whole group has to be cohesive for yeah. that to work. Yeah, because it's powerful. I mean, again, master mind. It's like you're taking the power of everyone's mind and we're, we're kind of connecting them together and everyone else's network which I think is huge as well, you know, right. being able to help. Because a mastermind to me is really not just pulling, you know, like in consuming, it's really adding value and, you know, it's learning. giving. And, and great giving, giving uh, you know, within the group. So anyway, that's going to pretty much wrap up this episode. This is episode 516. So the show notes can be found at theamazingseller.com forward slash 516. And um, yeah, go grab the notes, uh, transcripts, all that good stuff. Um, also, if you're interested in that mastermind, uh, head over to theamazingseller.com forward slash mastermind. We're going to wrap this up together today. Uh-oh. I think we're going to be able to nail it because we're in the same room. So you are, you are you Let's ready? Let's do it. All right. Guys, remember, as always, I'm here for you. I believe in you and I'm rooting for you. But you have to. You have to. Come on. Say it with me. Say it loud. Say it proud. Take, Take. Action. Have an awesome, amazing day, and I'll see you right back here on the next episode. That was pretty good. I thought you were going to count me down. I was going to, but we were in the same room together. So I know. We have to do that. <laughs> and we're still rolling over here. So we're going to go ahead and, uh, and shut, her, see ya. shut her down. Maybe. <laughs> Maybe. <laughs>